Everybody, this is Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. Stress, everybody's got it, everybody feels it, but the question is, what do you do with it? How do you get it handled so that you can be your best, do your best, and more importantly, how you can feel your best in all areas of your life? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. I'm your host, Bryn Griffiths, along with registered psychologist, Dr. Gans Ferentz. How you doing? I'm so good, Bryn. You know what? It's so good to be doing this again with you. I'm I'm kind of considering this like a 2.0. It's like a reboot for us. (laughs) We've been away. In fact, I looked up the last one we uh, recorded was back Mm -hmm. in January. And uh, and it's, I mean, what a year 2020 Mm. has been. Your assessment on the year to this point. Wow. Well, it's like, you know, it's funny because when we started the year, there was all this hope and excitement and vision 2020 and it's going to be a clear year and we're out of 2019 and new decade and all sorts of good stuff, forward looking stuff. And, you know, for a while there was not bad, but, you know, we took a hit with this pandemic, you know, Um, and then some of us have taken hits personally as well. Right. So um, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of uncertainty right now, a lot of fear. Uh, a lot of frustration because of the things we've had to do to manage the pandemic, but also whatever has, whatever sort of the, the fallout of the pandemic has been, as well as the personal stuff that, you know, all, all, all of us normally have to go through in a year, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, I'm still fairly hopeful. I'm still fairly hopeful that some good stuff is going to come out of this because, um, you know, there, there's opportunity and change. There's opportunity and crisis. Well, we've changed the way we've had to do things, obviously, and you notice it a lot on television, not so much in radio, but on TV now, because people aren't one-to-one anymore. You and I, this is the first podcast that you and I have done where I'm now watching you on a screen and you're watching me on a screen. Maybe uh, we're both happier this way, but (laughs) but I, I mean, I love working with you in the studio, but this is just the direction that things have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, I did a talk a few, few weeks ago about perspective and the idea of um, our experience is dictated by the perspective we have on things that, you know, occur in our lives, right? And they can either be for good or for bad or whatever. And we, we, we just, we get to choose how we see them. And yeah, I, I miss being physically with people. I miss being physically in the studio with you and talking with you and shaking your hand and seeing you and the whole bit, right? And at the same time, no commute, right? So it's like, yeah, no, there's it's all there, good. Yeah, there, there's some positives <laughs> and negatives to everything. And it's also different working at home. We got a lot of topics yeah. we can touch on over the next few weeks. Obviously, COVID's going to be one. We can yeah. look at the positives of this, and there are mm-hmm. a few. Uh, more family time, I'm finding. Mm-hmm. But well, we can get into all of that. Uh, the uh, other thing is school. The school year's upon us, and people are mm-hmm. very confused as to what they should be doing with their kids. But let's go back now to January, and we can kind of sum up where we've been for the last seven months. And mm-hmm. uh, I, you and I had taped a few shows to get us over the holiday season. 
and I was off on another project working in the Czech Republic at the World Junior Hockey Championships and touring just a little bit of Europe just before I came home. But I, I was not feeling particularly good the last three or four days of my trip. And, and I haven't been feeling really good since last September. And, uh-huh. uh, and now this is how we get to our delay. I, I was uh, obviously having some stomach issues through uh, September, October, November, December. Took a chance on going overseas. Get back to Edmonton here in Canada in the middle of January. And then a week later, I collapse at home. Almost pass out. Luckily, family and a dog was close by to kind of alert everybody that I was in distress. Uh-huh. And I was taken by taken to hospital by ambulance. And that's where they found out that I had a bleeding ulcer. The problem was the bleeding ulcer was on top of a tumor in my stomach, uh-huh. which ended up being a stomach cancer. So obviously uh, that had to be taken care of. Uh-huh. And uh, I had my entire stomach removed because the tumor was big and it was very high up in my stomach. So what they did is they attached my esophagus way up here, mm-hmm. which people can't see, but assume that it's right <laughs> up here. And it, they attached the bottom of the esophagus with the top of the uh, lower in, uh, the top of the upper intestine, the small intestines. So what they did is they just eliminated the stomach. And yes, I'm here to tell you, you can live without a stomach. But it's just a little bit different. But cancer is cancer, and stomach cancer uh-huh. is a tough one. And so it's been a really rough go for me over the last six to seven months. However, I've got, I've got a great network of people around me. You're one of them. You really Thank helped you. me. You really helped me prepare for that big surgery. It's funny uh-huh. the surgery didn't just about take me down, but I had developed, and I never heard about this until months after I got out of the hospital. I had developed a uh, chest infection off of the Uh two stents that had been put in, and it was very touch and go for two nights for me whether or not I was going to even survive. Uh Didn't even know. Had no clue. I was completely drugged up. Uh, I've heard the stories about uh, things I said and things I did while drugged up, and I felt so bad for the nursing staff at the Royal Alexandra Hospital that I made sure I had to send some pies and some cakes and donuts and everything over there to apologize. Mm-hmm. But your active role in this is, I can't even express how, how great it was for me because you were able to get me into the right place for that surgery. Now, mm-hmm. you saw me from the other side of things. Tell me and tell everybody how you were able to prep me because we talked the day before I went in for surgery to get my right. mental my mental frame in a positive uh, direction, yeah. because I, I think I might have been a little negative going in. Well, you, you weren't overly negative, honestly. I, 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 I was surprised at how, how, I don't know how to put it, but you could have been a lot more negative. Let me put it that way. Okay. So, but, but it was, yeah, I mean, and listen, it, truly, it is a scary thing, right? Anytime we're dealing with any kind of surgery, but especially somewhere where they're opening up, the major part of your body, your, your main cavity there. Right. And, and going and doing things like that, it is scary. And, and cancer is a scary thing. And, and all this stuff is scary. And so it's very easy for us, for any of us um, to fall into the vortex of worry and fear and anxiety and depression and asking why me, and is this it? And why should I bother? And there's a whole bunch of stuff 
that can come up. And it just depends on, you know, us and, you know, kind of where our head's at and also the supports we have around us, right? And, you know, like you'd said, you have a fantastic support network. You've got a lot of really good friends and an amazing, amazing family and a wonderful dog, too. Can't leave Jax out of this. Thank so, you. So, you know, <laughs> you know um, and so and so, you know, that that is that is the foundation of what helps to prepare you. But, you know, in addition to that, there's lots of research that says our mindset is extremely important in our healing our outcomes even they they even have done work on um like the placebo effect placebo effect is you know if you take a sugar pill or an actual medical pill like actual medication um is there a difference right and what they found pretty consistently is about 30 percent of healing of of the of the results that people get out of medication tends to be placebo right tends to be their, their mindset and so, you know, when, when you're talking about um, like medications or you're talking about a physical procedure like a surgery, having the right headspace going in is extremely important. And so we were able to really talk about that. And, and interestingly enough, Bryn, <clears throat> so people might think, people who are listening might think, okay, well, you know, yeah, we pump them up, get them good, you know, positive mindset, everything's going to be okay. It's, no, that's not the case, right? We, we actually talked about, okay, let's deal with this. Let's look this in the face. What are you scared of? What are you worried about? Let's talk it through. And just make space for you to be able to talk about what's really going on. Because you know what? We can stuff it. We can talk. We can try to reason your way out of it or whatever. Sure. But the truth is you feel it, right? Yeah. And so just by uh, us chatting through that, walking through that, it was like, okay, now that I actually said it, eh, it's not quite as bad as I thought, right? And then then we can work on, okay, Let's imagine what you want to have happen. Let's think about everything going well. What does that look like? What does that feel like? Let's practice a good outcome and have you be prepared so you know you've taken care of the downside risk. Now let's talk about how good you can stand it and see what that looks like. Well, I was in hospital for six weeks. I only thought I was in for two. Mm-hmm. I didn't find out till much later. And uh, the doctor said, how long do you think you were in hospital for? I said, I don't know. I felt like maybe 10 to 14 days and... and uh, Lori, my better half, and my doctors started to laugh. They said, no, 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 you were, uh, you were in there for six weeks, and uh, for about a week to 10 days, we weren't sure on what your status was going to be, which uh-huh. is a nice way of saying I was just basically on the edge. So uh-huh. I, I, we're not going to turn this into me, but, but we needed to give you a little backstory on where we've been for a little bit here. And before we carry on, we got to – just remind everybody, this is Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. We talk about stress. Maybe you can check us out on Facebook, too. Just uh, check out Ask Dr. Gans. It's right there on Facebook. Let's talk about cancer, though. For a lot of people, mm-hmm. it touches. I, I don't think I'm overestimating when I say, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, that it touches almost everybody in some mm-hmm. small way. But when it touches you directly, and I'd had a little small little scare with uh, an issue with one of my kidneys. I lost one kidney because of a really tiny little tumor. But that was about two and a half years ago. So I'd have lots of time to think about cancer and, and how it was going to touch me and how it very potentially could affect me. And I think it made me hardened and tougher going into this battle, which was way bigger and still could be, although I had a recent scan done. And no tum- the tumor's obviously gone. They did a really nice job of cleanup. 
and they can't find any uh, cancer anywhere in the scan. So I look, awesome. like, I look like I'm in good position right now. But for other people, and I've heard this from a lot of other people in the last few months, is how do you mentally prepare yourself when you hear the word cancer? And that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where would you start? Yeah, yeah. I, it, well, I, I always start with giving myself the permission to feel what I feel. Okay. Um, there's, there's a saying, it's like, if, if you're lost, you can't really find your way out unless you first realize where you are. And so this is, this is how it is emotionally. We first have to recognize where we are emotionally. If I am scared, if I am sad, if I am feeling hopeless, whatever it is, understand that that's normal. It's funny. I was, um, actually just two days ago, I was talking to my psychologist, right? And we're talking, I, I had recently, um, on the weekend, I attended the funeral of a friend's mother. And I knew her fairly well. We, this is actually an old ex-girlfriend. So and our families were close and stuff like that. So I knew her mother quite well. And she passed away recently. So I was at the funeral. And I was saying, you know, well, you know, my mother's 96. It's, you know, it's going to happen at some point. Right. And I, I was talking about preparing myself, but also preparing my kids for what that's going to look like when she passes, right? And we're talking about how do you prepare for hardship? How do you prepare for death or, you know, grief or any of that other stuff? And, and really what the, the plan has been for me, and he suggested the same thing as well, the best we can do is make ourselves as comfortable as we can while we give ourselves permission to feel what we feel, okay? So it's two-pronged. We have to make space for our feelings to show up and we need to not get lost in them. We need to make sure that we are as comfortable as we can while we let the grief and all the other feelings just move through because they are natural, they are healthy, and they are expected, okay? So, and and, and they, they're not going to be the same. Your grief, Bryn, is going to look different than mine than, say, you know, any of the listeners on, on the podcast here. And so however it shows up for us, for us and however long it shows up, however intensely it shows up, it's okay. Make yourself as comfortable as you, as you can as you go through it. So comfort means, you know, get enough sleep. Do all the physical stuff you need to do. Sleep, exercise, eat right, all that other stuff. But it also means social support. Make sure you have your friends and family around. You can let them know what you need as well. Hey, guys, this is what I'm going to be going through. You'd really help me by doing this. You also tell them what you do not need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell them... Tell them, I, I love you guys, but if you every day ask me how I'm feeling or look at me like I'm dying or whatever, that's not going to be helpful or useful, okay? Um, if you want to bring me some some food, this is the kind of food I like, but bring me stuff I can look at and laugh, right? Let me, you know, bring, bring me some movies or, well, I guess we don't have to bring movies anymore, but, you know, like, let's hang out and let's do something fun. We don't always have to focus on the hard side of things. And then have your support, your, like, actual professional support like a psychologist or other mental health professional to help you through some stuff that you might not even see, right? Because there's a lot of stuff. And, and, and again, I'm a psychologist. I, I, I figured it out. I've been in the psychology field for 30 years at this point, right? And I have also had a therapist for 30 years. Um, I will continue to go and talk to somebody because even though I'm a seasoned, well-educated professional, I have very limited objectivity into myself, right? I can help for other people because I can see other people, but I need somebody to help see me. 
And so uh, it is good to have that other professional on in your team. Well, obviously, after I got home after the surgery and everything, and it, I mean, the scar is like it's from my armpit right down uh, diagonally across. across. You can tell I've obviously had some work done. But your, uh, your assistance through uh, all of that post-surgery was uh, Im- immense for me. The weird thing, though, and I've—it's funny—I've not brought this up. I'll bring it up now because maybe some other people are going through this as well. At sixty years of age, and I look back at my life and I think to myself, you know what, man, I've had a great run. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to, for it to end by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. But if it did, it wouldn't be the end of of my world. I know it would hurt those around me for a little mm-hmm. while. But I'm quite content with where I've, I'm at and where I, I've been. Mm-hmm. But what I found was my emotions, like if I was going to get all choked up or emotional about anything, it never seemed to be what I thought it would be. It would mm-hmm. always be if I was talking about friends or the support from right. the many people that I've had. And that's when I always seem to get a little more uh, emotional. And I don't, I can't figure out, out why, because I always thought it would be you know, if I was talking about the end is near for me or anything like that, you know, any of the old corny expressions we've heard. Right, right. I can't, I can't put my finger on why certain things would push that emotional button. Have you yeah. got any thought on that? I do. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know so why we didn't talk is, about it sooner. Well, it comes up when it comes up, man. It, yeah, you know, I know. It's all organic. So, you know, it's, so the way it is is this, right? And, and you, you brought up something really important making peace with the sort of negative outcome, the possibility of that yeah, gives you freedom. You didn't quite say it that way, but that's, that's the truth. Um, there, there are many traditions, whether philo- philosophical traditions or religious traditions. Um, you know, I know the samurai, uh, I've, I've, I've studied Japanese martial art and stuff like that. I've got black belt and karate and stuff. And so, we, you know, as part of, part of my like graduation into the black belt, we had to do research, right? And uh, we had to write a paper actually on on stuff to, to get the black belt. And so in my tradition. And so the research I came up with was like the they say that the samurai or the master daily contemplates his own death. And that sounds like super like depressing. Oh my goodness, this is, you know, weird. And it, and it may seem weird to the Western mind. But the idea of this is is, is as follows, right? If I can make peace with the fact that everything that we have in life is limited, right? It's, it's, it's for a certain time, and we don't know how long it is. But when I can make peace with the fact that I'm not going to be here all the time, and I'm okay with that. And like you said, your world's not going to end if, that, if, that was, if that's what happens, right? All of a sudden, it creates a freedom to live. When I can face death, and I'm okay with it, then I can really live while I'm here. Um, cause I don't have to worry about it. There's a, there's a saying that says, you know, a lot of people never live their lives. They just tip to tiptoe through their lives, hoping that you don't, they can make it safely to death. Right. And that's, yeah. that's the truth. They never really get a chance to really dig in and, 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 and squeeze the juice out of it. And so, you know, this is what, this is what you did. You, you, you were forced to face your mortality with the diagnosis and, and with the, the surgery and all this other stuff. And you came out the other side and you said, okay, you know what? All right, I enjoy what I have, and I'm looking forward to more. But I'm good if this is all I got. I'm good, right? But then what that does is it because you've made peace with that, it also makes you much more 
appreciative and thankful and more engaged in life. And so it doesn't really surprise me that the stuff that made you emotional was not fear. It was gratitude. It was appreciation. It was the stuff that, you know, you saw all these people rallying around you or hear a story about somebody who's, you know, thoughtful or whatever. And that's what brings up the emotion for you. And, and actually, that's, that's, those are very healthy, very positive tears. This is Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. We talk about stress all the time because stress is around us all the time. But you can also check us out online at AskDrGans.com. I, I, like I said, I didn't want to turn this into another complete session and put everybody else through this, but <laughs> hopefully some of it's helpful for other people. But there's one other little thing. I'm a pretty laid-back kind of guy, but I still have my intense moments. But since the surgery, my patience level has been – I like I just don't seem to have the same amount of patience mm-hmm. for stuff. And I might snap a little bit. And, and the family gets it a little bit. They understand it a little bit. But I, I'm trying to figure out what, uh, what's happened to me since coming out of hospital. Like, why all of a sudden am I a little less patient with people? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for that? Well, so, so let's talk about how our bodies, our minds, our physiology is set up, right? Because this is a lot of people think this is just an emotional thing or a mental thing, but it's right. really a physiological thing. Um, there's a lot of the stuff that's outside of our control when we have certain experiences, okay? So if you think about our, think about your body or your life like a car, okay? Um, and we talked, we used this analogy before in an earlier podcast, you know, you want to have a, a like good owner's manual, you want to make sure you put gas in it, you want to go do your, you know, regular maintenance, you don't want to wait till for it to break down <laughs> before you start, you know, changing the oil or whatever, right? Um, <clears throat> but if you think about this, when, when we go through <clears throat> trauma or stress or different things, um, it adds, uh, it adds a sort of a cumulative amount of stress. So stress adds up. It, it, it keeps adding up until we do something with it. If we have a bunch of little stresses, they kind of add up after a while. But sometimes you get a big stress and that's a big input of like into the tank basically, right? Every time we get stress, it's kind of like notching up the idle pin on your on your uh, engine, right? Okay. So you're, you're idling at, you know, 950 RPM, you're right. You go to a thousand, over eleven hundred, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. You know what I mean? And that's your idle. That's where you're sitting, right? And so, you know, if you think about the whole experience, Brent, if you think about like you know the the not feeling well before you went away uh, to Europe, coming back, having the ulcer, getting the diagnosis, having to go through major major surgery, and then having the complications with it. Even if you're managing it well emotionally and mentally, it's still a huge trauma to your body, right? Still a huge stress on your body. And so, you know, it's very understandable that your idle pin has been set a little bit higher than it was before all this happened, right? And so if that happens, well, that also means your threshold is much lower. Um, You don't have as much of a buffer for whatever, frustration or time or patience or any of that stuff. There's not as much buffer in there, right? So the solution, you can just like grit your teeth and try to be nicer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's I'm good. working on it, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I suppose that that will help to some extent. But the other solution is to um, 
do things that feed you in a different way and, 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 and do it more deliberately and more um, extensively at this point. So it would be like, okay, I'm going to do things that I enjoy. I really like doing podcasts. I really like going for walks. I really like playing golf. I really like, you know, getting a massage. I really like doing the things. You have to do the regular basic stuff like eat, sleep, do all those things in, in balance. But adding more positive inputs into your life undoes a lot of the trauma and stress that we go through on a daily basis. Of course, I'm going to always suggest talking to a professional, yes. <laughs> right? Because that is also part of what helps to turn the idle pin back down is making sure that you have somebody that you feel comfortable with that can help you do kind of the same thing we were talking about earlier, which is, okay, let's get comfortable, but also as you're comfortable, let's actually work through whatever is going on with you. Let's work through the anger. Let's work through the frustration. Let's work through the fear, you know, and, and, you know, while you're comfortable, we're going to give your body and your mind space to feel and process and honor all those feelings, all that stuff coming up to empty that tank out a little bit more and create some more space for you and turn that idle pin down some more. Okay. Well, we're back. It, it took forever. <laughs> it's ask Dr. Gans and you can also check us out on Twitter too. Here's the handle. It's obviously at Ask Dr. Gans. It's as simple as that. We've got lots to talk about now as we move forward, and uh, yeah. thank you for your time on this one. I hope somebody was able to take something out of the free session I felt I just got, which was <laughs> Well, let me, let, let me say this, Bren. Uh, you know, I, I'm so, so happy you're back. I mean, I'm, I'm really, you know, you, you, get, you gave me a scare too, right? And so it's like I'm really, really happy that we're able to stay connected throughout this time as well so that we can – talk and I could, you know, kind of work, work through this with you and stuff, but, you know, being able to being, uh, being able to open up and talk about your experience on our podcast is it's very, very valuable, valuable to me, valuable to other people. They say what's most unique about us is also what's most universal about us. And even if somebody didn't have the exact same experience you had, I know people have had people listening, have either known somebody or have had to go through things themselves. So you sharing what you've gone through, all of us sharing what we go through on a regular basis just in real life is extremely valuable because we all learn from each other and we're all in this together. Well, let's uh, leave it right there because one of the things that we do is we love feedback from the people who listen to our podcast, as you point out. All you have to do is just simply drop us a line. And of course, we have a mission here. What's that mission? Can you remember the mission? I know you can. <laughs> I can't you remember. Hey, but uh, honestly, the, the mission is to share as much of this and, and help people to do better, feel better, feel better so they can do better. That's it. And um, that's that's what we want. We it want came, people to feel better so they can do better. It came right it's back been so to you. Long. <laughs> it came right back to you just like that. Anyway, also don't forget to check out all of our free resources, especially our free giveaway. If you haven't done so already, uh, just check out AskDrGans.com. That's AskDrGans.com. And uh, that's pretty and much doctors, it. And doctors, DR. Yes, doctors DR, DR, not doctor, yes. but DR. Yeah. Hey, thanks for your time. Like I said, I look forward to uh, joining you again coming up next week. It's going to be a blast, okay? Absolutely. Look forward to it. All right. That's AskDrGans.com. Mm-hmm.